Welcome to episode 67 of the podcast. We have a very concrete episode recorded for you on engaging tips for professional developments. And we wanted to let you know that if you are interested in using this podcast for your own professional development or sharing it with your peers as well, we have created podcast playlists for you organized for different topics of growth, like engaging teachers and coaching, or one specifically for just school leaders. So go ahead to our free resources section of the website, thewholeeducator.com, and check out those podcast playlists. We hope they're useful. Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever wished you could clone yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, the Sydney platform might be right up your alley. With my own work, I use the Sydney platform to connect with my coaches and leaders and stay organized when I'm not there. The app is super easy to use, and I love the video feature where teachers can film lessons and coaches and leaders can record video reflections. This app saves me a ton of time and is a game changer in terms of being able to truly connect to my people in between visits when I'm not there. I can even stay organized with the individualized resources section for each person I'm coaching all in one place. And I don't know about you, but I like to try something before I buy it. Because of that, I've gotten Sydney to let you try the platform for free first to see if it's actually a good fit. If you're interested, go to sydney.com front slash TWE to check it out and claim your free coaching package. That's sibme.com forward slash TWE or click the link in the show notes. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I have the incredible Tammy Shaw back on the show. And I wanted to bring her back on today to share with you very concrete things that she does in preparation for highly effective professional development. So welcome to the show, Tammy. Thanks for having me, Becca. This is one of my favorite topics. Our previous episode was called How One District is Retaining Early Career Educators. This is episode 54, if anyone wants to listen to it. But if you haven't listened to it yet, Tammy, I would love you to share just a brief, uh, your brief journey on, on in, in education. Uh, the super brief version is I have 16 years in public education. And most recently, I was a professional development specialist for the third largest district in Oklahoma, and I am currently an organizational development trainer. So I partner with uh, companies and organizations through Francis Tuttle, a career tech district here in Oklahoma. And the idea there is that if we're equipping students for the workforce, then we want the workforce companies themselves to be strong so that those students entering the workforce have great places to go. So I get to be part of helping those organizations get better with communication and team building and leadership. I love it. So you're bringing your 
facilitation strengths into working with adults, like where our children are going to work, right? Exactly. Love this. Okay. So I want to dive right in because you have a lot to share with our folks, but I, I want you to share, you, ha- you have these facilitator tips and I would just love you to share with everyone, how do you think about them? What do you do when you are preparing to work with educators and facilitate professional development with them. So I'm going to ask you before I answer and give some of my facilitator tips, what are your pet peeves when you attend a workshop? Yes. uh, My pet peeves is when people talk too long and don't give me a chance to practice what they are talking about. I'm a highly experiential learner. um, And I, I do not ingest information well auditorily or even visually, like I have to do and practice. And I believe adult learners do as well. Uh, Everyone listening should pause and write down their pet peeves right now, because we all do this. We judge when we're in workshops, we get annoyed by different things. And chances are, if you do that and you make your pet peeve list, you're basically creating your facilitator tips for yourself. Uh, One of mine is I hate when people give their resume, when they spend the first five minutes, whether it's a workshop for an hour or a whole day, and they like tell me all the places they've worked. And it's like they're trying to make me believe they're credible instead of just being credible Mm -hmm. by leading the learning with really great knowledge and having designed the lessons. So uh, ditch your resume at the beginning. I wanted to share one of the facilitation strategies that I learned from you that I currently like renamed. Um, I, I used to like, I, 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 I used to build credibility, which is where do I stand? Right. So you created this amazing, um, opening activity that you called the continuum activity where everyone stands in a line and, and we have, you know, we make two ends of a continuum and stand over, over on one side. If you like to, you know, relax on vacation, another one, if you like to do activities and then anywhere in the continuum where you are, which I, uh, named, where do I stand? And what's cool about that is as folks are standing on the continuum and they find their place, I find an opportunity to add in what, you know, how that will relate to the, to the learning. Right. And, and it, and it, and, and anecdotally as well, I'll say, Hey, when I'm, I'm working with coaches and leaders, uh, this and this, and this happens, I want you to think about. And so I, I love that you shared that tip and I, and I want to give like a real life example of, of how you can do it. You can have an opening activity, for example, especially if you're really, if you're really thinking maybe these are strangers, maybe you're facilitating for strangers or it's a brand new school year, there's a lot of new teachers, right? They don't know anything about you, right? Having a, a experiential opening activity that builds credibility could be a way that you do that. Uh, Kim Campbell says, when the butt goes numb, the brain goes dumb. So getting people up and moving is very effective. And we all see through icebreakers for the sake of icebreakers. Like your your hyper social butterflies might love them because they get to be up and talking to people. But the majority, if if there isn't content to it, if there isn't an actual connection to the learning, we get kind of annoyed. And when you can tie your continuum, your where do I stand, just like you said, to phrases that make me reflect on the topics we're about to go into. Like if you're talking about types of resistance or how we react to feedback in different scenarios, now I'm moving, connecting, and thinking about the learning. So 
we're ditching the icebreakers and we're tying them to meaningful learning while people yes. are up and moving. Yes. Ditch the icebreakers. I have a blog on that actually. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah, so important. Which is so fascinating because one of my facilitator tips is you should have something people are doing the moment they walk in. Mm-hmm. It may be like quotes around the walls and they have to stand by the one that resonates with them. It may be um, a prompt on screen that they're writing, but you want to buy your late stragglers some time without wasting everybody else's time. And you want to avoid that awkward lull of like, I got here early now, what am I supposed to do? So those things shouldn't be like just coloring pages. They should be meaningful attached to the learning. I love that. Yeah. I I like how you said overly corny. I think that's another pet peeve of mine. I don't, I don't, I, it's like a, it like hurts in my body. (laughs) And sometimes if I'm a, a, a participant, I won't do it if I think it's too corny. (laughs) <laughs> and I think we buy into the authenticity of the person facilitating. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's probably one in 20, I'm making up that ratio. I have no idea if that's research-based, but one in 20 facilitators who are just genuinely corny and we might love them for it and lean mm-hmm. into it. But the rest of us, we're just being corny if we're being corny and nobody nobody needs that nobody wants that so no, um, being yourself is an important part too yeah and knowing who that self is not trying to fit into a box or an image of maybe who a previous leader or facilitator was don't try to emulate them like be yourself so as you're finding your authentic self facilitating and you're trying to make your topic memorable becca silver may be an amazing storyteller tammy shot is not so like I can get an anecdote here or there that I've really had to plan for to make it like, oh, I can make them laugh for a second. But I'm not a great storyteller and I don't need to pretend that I am, but I have to find other ways to make the learning memorable. Yeah. No, that's really so I when I'm planning PD, I have what I want them to learn and then how I want them to interact with the information. And yes. so uh, it, it, I'm constantly asking myself as I'm creating PD, how do I want them to interact with the information? And it is rare, rare that I provide information, new learning that they are not interacting with like very, very rare. Cause it, it almost, to me, this is my mindset. I'm like, why am I, why am I even, why am I even presenting on it? Why am I even sharing this with them? If I'm not going to help them interact with it. But planning that, I want to be careful not to throw people under the bus because I think all of these um, rookie mistakes versus pro tips are really common missteps. So in myself included, I'm not perfect at this. Um, but I think we we will say, you'll see p- people present and they'll have their content mm-hmm. and then they'll say, now we want to give you some time to work on this at your table. Mm-hmm. And then 12 minutes later, I as a participant, I'm like, can I just, can I just go work in my office? Like I... I don't need work time. Uh, So having the actual activity, the how am I going to engage with it that you're describing, the question, the prompt on screen, so I stay centered on what I'm trying to reflect on or actually create, uh, is the piece that people miss sometimes. They're like, now go work on it at your table. That does not work. Exactly. Okay, another pro tip, and I want you to tell me if you have experienced this at all, is clear expectations when you are the facilitator. I have been very guilty of this myself, and I know a lot of people who assume adults know not to take a phone call in the middle of the workshop. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We assume adults know that like, it's okay to go to the restroom on your own time. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that thing is, we assume they know that when I raise my hand and start talking, it's not really appropriate for you to keep having a side conversation. Like we just assume because mm-hmm. they're adults, we don't have to tell them things. And that's wildly ridiculous. Everybody Mm -hmm. needs to be reminded and told what the expectations are. So as a facilitator, I will literally say like, I've had people take phone calls during workshops more times than I can count. So please put your phone on vibrate and step outside if you need to take a call. And I don't care if it feels insulting. Every single time I do that, nobody takes a call in the middle of the workshop. So (laughs) as silly as that example is, do you have clear expectations that you've had to not just, you know, restrooms and cell phones, but things you communicate overly to the participants? Yeah. um, There are times when I want uh, participants to be really present with me. Yeah. Okay. So I want to include in this a couple of, these are pet peeves, but they're really small. They're phrases to avoid. So as a facilitator, one of my pet peeves is when people say, I'm going to treat you like adults. Yes. I like I'm cringing right now as I said that out loud. Like, I don't I, I don't even know if I can flesh out why. Just don't do it. You can if you have more insight, you can add it. But I'm too cringy to explain why. <laughs> Just don't say it. Yeah, I um, well. I'll say why it's cringy. It creates a context. So there's the the not, right? So I'm going to create I'm going to treat you like adults as in what what what's not said is that there was some option of treating them like children. Like we we there's 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 where, where there's a it's almost like a continuum in a sense like children versus adults. You don't even want a presence that there was a thought of treating them like children. Um, Thank you for articulating that so beautifully. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's, it's insulting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I, I didn't even consider treating you like children because I know you're an adult and I'm a skilled professional development facilitator who takes responsibility for adult learning. And I do my research <laughs> in understanding how to work with adults. Well, and as facilitators, people connect with us because they, know what we believe about them. Like people Mm -hmm. infer how you feel about them. If you think they're smart and they just haven't learned this yet, you approach that content really different than if you're like, these dumbos have never even looked at this book before. Like people pick up on whatever you believe about them. So you hit the nail on the head for me. Okay, the one other pet peeve negative phrase is, and it's a little bit smaller than the cringy one, but Watch out for as facilitators when you're saying things like, man, I know it's Monday, but we can do this. Or I know it's early, but I know it's after lunch and you're probably ready for a nap. All those you're trying to connect, right? Mm -hmm. They're coming from a place of, I see you and I'm in it with you and I know it's hard, but it's super ineffective because you've just planted negative seeds about my presence in this space. Like it is Monday and I don't want to be here. It is after <laughs> lunch and I am tired. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just say, man, it's Monday. I'm so excited you chose to be here. Or I hope you had an amazing lunch this afternoon. We're going to rock it. Just, exactly. It's not insincere, but you have to keep the positive phrasing because when you plant those little negative nuggets, they, they matter. Well, I want to say this, right? I actually don't think 
The issue is acknowledging it's after lunch. I think the biggest issue with that phrase is the word but. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying switch, switch out the word but. I could do a whole episode on switching out but for and. Yes. We're not yes. But it, it's, it's, I'm actually not saying that, but there's the, the acknowledgement of what's so, right? Like it is after lunch. You're right. It is. But uh, when we say, I know it's after lunch, but it's a little bit like no offense, but we all know <laughs> or I'm about to offend you, right? I know it's after after lunch, but, and what the word but does is it, um, it negates things. Yep. And so um, I, yeah, I, I, I love that. And so I think, you know, it's, it's something I do is I say, since it's after lunch, I'm getting you up and moving. Yes. So acknowledging it and also like, because I'm a prepared and, you know, a facilitator, <laughs> I know what to do because I would yep. want that. Right. I, I love that phrasing. Fabulous. Uh, the last tip I have is to video yourself mm-hmm. as a facilitator of learning, like buy the $20 tripod that holds your phone and the wireless mic for 25 bucks on Amazon and video yourself because you need somebody in your life who can give you that feedback, but you also want to be able to watch and catch your weird nuances and reflect on that. Um, it is the only way we get better. Facilitating learning for other people is a privilege. Like adults are self-directed. We have access to all kinds of knowledge. So to be in someone else's space at the mercy of their facilitation pace and content It's a huge privilege to be leading that for other people. So we should be leaning into getting really great at that, not just getting to do it and having a good time. So videoing yourself is a great way to Mm. just tweak and keep improving. It's, I love that you said that. It's like facilitating for adults is a privilege, not a right. It's... I don't know if that perfectly fits. I'm not thinking, it just came out of my mouth and I'm, I'm actually looking at like, I don't know if, that exactly fits, but I very much facilitating for adults is a privilege. It's, 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 we are, we, we have the opportunity, the honor of having their attention for however long we have their attention and like, let, let's use that up in a way that really honors their time, their professional intelligence, right? Like background knowledge, all the things they bring as a human being um, to the space. It's part of that is planning. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's carving out the time to invest in preparing so that you have mm-hmm. a really quality being your authentic self and very intentional format for your content. I cannot highlight that enough. Being your, your way of being is as important as the information you're giving. I'm going to say that again, your way of being, being authentic is as important as the information you're giving. So on that note, we we need to wrap up. Um, I'm hoping everyone listening got a ton of stuff out of this episode. I know I even, you know, learned things. This is fantastic. And uh, Tammy, where can they find you if you, if they are interested in learning even more about what you do? Positivestrategery.com is the website. And I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn as Tammy Shaw 2614. And it's Tammy, T-A-M-I, Tammy Shaw 2614. I'm a little bit on Twitter and considering, but not yet on Instagram. So LinkedIn and the website. Perfect. Okay, great. And I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Becca. 
Since professional development is on your mind, I wanted to let you know that we have had quite a number of inquiries to bring us in to do professional development, finishing up through January, through the spring. If you are interested in bringing us up, we would love to be able to put you on our calendar as it is filling up pretty quickly. So go ahead to the show notes. We have a form you can fill out and let us know that you're interested and what we typically do is hop on a call and listen to what's really going on in your school and district to see how we can authentically support you and not just put a band-aid on the problem. And until next time, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care. <laughs>